0: Hello, and welcome to Around the Table, a podcast about food stories from science to everyday life. I live in Connecticut, where I teach at Wesleyan University, and one of my favorite places to go for coffee and acai bowls and avocado toasts is Life Bowls in Madison, Connecticut. So the co-owner is actually a friend of mine from undergrad, so I decided to give him a call up and see what it was like to run a food business, which is considered essential in Connecticut, during lockdown. Hey John Bone, how are you doing?
1: I'm well, how are you?
0: I'm good. So I know that you are one of the co-owners of The Most Amazing Acai Bowl Place um, this side of the country.
1: Correct. life
0: Lifeboat. So can you tell us a bit about what it's like to be running a business that's considered essential in, in these COVID-19 times?
1: Yeah, so it's been fairly difficult. Um, the beginning was really difficult, mostly just because You know, there was a lot of questions about um, what we were going to be allowed to do, um, how we were going to be allowed to operate, what kind of safety precautions we were going to have to to implement. So there were just a lot of questions, um, you know, how long restrictions would last and things like that. So it's been, you know, a little nerve wracking and a little hectic, but I feel like overall, our team has done really well adapting and trying to, you know, just find ways to push forward and do what we can to remain in business while keeping our employees safe and our customers safe.
0: So can you tell me a little bit about what you've had to do to comply with the regulations?
1: Yeah. So a lot of it is actually not too different from how we would normally operate. Um, you know, most places, most restaurants were forced to switch to a takeout uh, format. Um, we were already set up in that way in our in our storefront in Madison. Um, you know, we were we were a takeout location, so all of our food was packaged to go in takeout containers. So um, that part was easy. Uh, the biggest hurdle was the um, restriction allowing customers to enter the premises. So we had to figure out a way to set up our register and our contactless payment system for credit cards outside of the store while having, you know, the right logistics to get the food from inside of our kitchen out to the customers without any direct contact. So that was the biggest hurdle. But once we figured out a system that worked, um, it seemed pretty, pretty easy, you know, most Customers adapted quickly, and um, everybody was really willing to accept the new sort of standard or the new regulations if it meant that they were able to get some of the, you know, those, the things they were used to, like, uh, you know, the, the healthy meals that we provide.
0: Um, and how has business been?
1: It started out a little rocky. It's been it's been up and down, but lately has really been... Um, has been consistent and good. Um, when we first started, we got actually like, there seemed to be a, a a little bit of an increase in sales, I think mostly due to the colleges being let home before anything was officially um, shut down as far as like stay-at-home orders. Um, so there was an influx of college students into the town that we operate out of, and um, they're a big part of our demographic. So we saw a little bit of a spike. And then basically from you know, the third week in March through the end of April, um, a bit of a decline, but not anything compared to what a lot of, uh, restaurants are having to deal with. So we were really, really lucky. And, um, the past month we've actually seen an increase in numbers from last year. And I think a lot of that was just us, um, you know, really making sure that we had a good system that the customers could see, we were taking all the safety precautions and, um, and keeping everyone's health in mind while still being able to provide them something that I think everybody wants. everybody wants to be able to um, go out and get some meals. And um, it just so happens that our product is one that, you know, promotes health and you know can help to boost immune systems and things like that. So that was um, another thing in the plus column for us while, when dealing with all this.
0: Yeah. Can you actually describe a bit more about what acai bowls are and why they're considered health food?
1: So it's basically, um, the best way to describe it is like a frozen blend of different fruits, mainly the acai berry, which is, um, a fruit actually grows on a palm tree, uh, in Brazil and it's, you know, very, very high in antioxidants and actually has zero sugar. Um, you know, but we mix it with some other fruits, which do have some sugar content, but nothing nothing too crazy. And um, that makes the base of the bowl. So it's like a consistency of a frozen yogurt, but with no dairy. And then from there, it gets topped with uh, different fresh fruit toppings, granolas, um, you know, chia seeds, flax seeds, things like that, um, all of which have, you know, tremendous nutritional value. And um, that's sort of our main thing. We also do smoothies. Um, Avocado toast, salads, um, and pretty much our entire menu is predominantly plant-based. So um, the only uh, non-plant-based things we offer are like milks that could go into coffees or um, some of our protein powders are derived from dairy as well.
0: This is making me so uh, craving an acai bowl.
1: Yeah, they're really uh, refreshing (laughs) and tasty give you a nice boost of energy as well.
0: Yeah. So could you just tell me too, like, has, has being in this social distancing lockdown phase, but also working, um, changed how you yourself are eating and managing just your everyday life?
1: Yeah. So in the beginning, I think, um, it definitely did, you know, like, um, most Americans I've, went out and stocked my fridge and freezer up, um, you know, just preparing for the worst and making sure I had enough things to get me by in case it would be, you know, a restriction on going to supermarkets or anything like that. So, um, there was a lot of that and I actually found that it was a little bit detrimental to my diet in the beginning. You know, that a lot of the frozen things you can get aren't the greatest for you. And, um, you know, it, it, it becomes a little tricky to eat. I, I try and eat, um, you know, a mainly plant-based diet. So it's tough to stock the fridge with a lot of things. Um, and for my, you know, while the fact that I was still working, um, I don't want to stock up too many fresh vegetables and fresh fruits because I may not be able to eat them before they could potentially go bad. Um, you know, for, for somebody who's at home, that's probably not as big of an issue. But for me being out of the house or busy from time to time, I may not always, um, utilize fresh produce as quickly as I'd like to. Um, but I think I found a good balance of being able to, um, you know, find some, some healthy options. Another, another thing that was really important to me being in the industry was to try and support as many other local restaurants as I could, uh, by getting takeout, I would say, you know, at least five times a week from, um, you know, a variety of places around me just to try and help, you know, support as many people as I could and pay it forward a little bit. Because like I said, we were really fortunate to have a business that was well suited for kind of any circumstance, I guess. Um, with the fact that we were, we were already takeout, we, um, you know, we maintain small overheads. So it, uh, you know, a lot of places, big restaurant bars who can't have, you know, any customer sitting down and or any alcohol sales are, are taking the biggest hits.
0: Right. Um, and how about uh, you, I know, are opening a new, I don't know if we're allowed to talk about this. Yeah, we can. You're, you're opening a new storefront in New Haven. So yep. that's been an extra challenge for you during this time, I'm sure.
1: Yeah. That's- How's that going? that's been um well that that has been tough as of recently so the beginning part it was actually kind of nice we didn't have to rush or worry um there you know when we opened our first store um you kind of set a date and then you have to try and meet that that uh goal and uh the pressure is really on so you're rushing to get as many things done as you can within that time with this we could be a little more relaxed about it but Um, you know, now it's getting to the point where the store is basically ready to go, but we have no, um, ability to get our initial health inspections or anything like that because, um, the departments aren't, they're just not, uh, issuing new restaurant inspections at this point. So, um, that is becoming a little bit stressful. You know, we've got a considerable amount of money invested into it and, We'd like to be open we know it's not an ideal time to be opening a store but we think that um you know we offer something that's positive um, as far as like healthy healthy food options for the New Haven area and um you know it, it begins to weigh a little bit uh not knowing when we'll actually be able to announce an opening date and get started and 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 you know, start staffing and things like that, everything is basically on hold until we have some idea of when the municipal workers can get back, like the, uh, you know, the city health inspectors and things like that.
0: So do you have a, do you have a sense or personal opinion on what the restaurant industry is going to look like in, we'll say in Connecticut, so you don't have to think too broadly um, after all this?
1: Um, It's hard to tell. I think that Um, you know, the delivery services are going to be a lot more common and a lot more widespread. I know we're already looking into what we can do as far as deliveries are concerned in New Haven, especially. So the, you know, like your Uber Eats and, um, I'm forgetting all the other ones, Grubhub and and stuff like that. I think you'll see a lot more of that, that a lot more widespread, newer companies popping up trying to, to find space in that market. I think that online ordering has already taken you know taken a hold of a lot of industries. I see many places, in addition to their normal point of sales, having a secondary you know online only point of sale. And there's a lot of companies that are you know trying to innovate in that area as well. So I think you're going to see a lot um, a lot more on um, the takeout front. But as far as how like sit down restaurants and stuff operate, I think. I think slowly they'll, they'll find their way back to normal, but I think it's going to be, it's not going to be anything that happens quickly. Um, you know, outdoor spaces will probably do a lot better than ones that don't have any outdoor options. So you will probably see a lot of restaurants trying to either build or incorporate outdoor spaces into what is already existing or a lot of new places, um, you know, focusing on those outdoor areas, um, which is tough in Connecticut, but um, there's creative ways that to, to get around it. These days, there's a lot of good technology and and um, some smart people out there that can figure out ways to make it make that work. Another thing that um, might be um, influence. What's the word I'm looking for? The effect of uh, what's going on in the meat industry is probably going to have a huge impact on restaurants. Do you think that? You're going to see a lot of places having to shift their menus um, to be a little bit more plant-based, which I think is a good thing for everybody. I, I'm kind of a, a believer that you know you don't have to completely cut meat and dairy out of your life, but um, a predominantly plant-based diet seems to have positive effects on people's personal health as well as the you know, global environmental health.
0: Uh, you know, I'm actually predominantly plant-based eater as well, so I hadn't I hadn't thought about this, but this could be really interesting to see some different innovations on menus uh, in some of my favorite restaurants and what that will really start to look like. Absolutely. So I also follow you on Instagram, obviously, because I love Instagram, oh, and I uh, noticed that you guys were doing donations and delivering smoothies to, um, healthcare workers. Can you tell us more about that?
1: Yeah. So that's something, um, we were really excited to start doing. Um, first it was sort of a good way for us to, you know, give something back to the community. Um, that's been great about supporting us through this time. So we wanted to try and and give something back on our own. It also allowed us to, um, keep some of our employees, uh, With some extra hours, you know, we can put um, one employee on a food truck, which we have two of for a full day's worth of work, um, just to go and bring and and make smoothies for uh, essential workers. So um, lots of nurses and doctors, Um, we've gone to grocery stores, uh, like stop and shop and dropped off for their workers, Um, prisons for correctional officers and things like that. Um, and it basically just started as a way for us to give our employees some hours as well as doing something positive. And as it sort of caught on, some other companies and individuals in the community started actually um, asking if they could donate and sponsor some of the smoothie drops. So that worked out really nicely because then we could even give more hours to our staff and um, help take the burden off of some of our food costs while while still bringing um, as many of these donations to essential workers as we can. And we've gotten a lot of positive feedback from people. And, um, you know, it was a lot, especially in the hospitals, people were saying, uh, you know, everybody's been generous with food donations, but they can only eat so much pizza and Chinese food. And and they were really looking for something healthy to, to give them fuel and keep them going. So it was nice to be able to come in and have some refreshing smoothies for them. They really liked the change of pace.
0: I have one final question for you. Sure. Uh, what are you having for dinner tonight?
1: Ooh. Um, I'm actually having leftover stir fry for dinner tonight. I made some vegetable stir fry with some quinoa, and I made a lot of it, so I'm going to eat the rest of it for for my dinner, which uh, is something I – usually do if i'm going to cook something I'll, I'll cook a lot of it and then uh try and get two or three meals out of it if i can
0: um uh, well thank you so much john bone it was uh, really interesting to hear more about your your business during these times and yeah that's it
1: that's it that's all
0: that's it you're
1: gonna have to do a lot of edit work on this one
0: Around the Table is a personal production of Dr. Tesbird and Professor Stanley Ulyajak, who are anthropologists of food and nutrition and of household uncertainty and insecurity. The opinions and ideas expressed are solely those of the contributors and podcasters and do not reflect the opinions of any university body. The music in this episode is by Blue Dot Sessions. Thank you for tuning in.